Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today I have Cindy Diffenderfer on the line, and she's co-founder and CEO of Orion House Homes and Hotels. Cindy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me today, Adam. All right, Cindy. So um, we have some good topics today. So we'll definitely be talking about really how to turn uh, renters into investors. We'll talk about the flexible housing space and what that looks like. We hear these words like, you know, Airbnb, what they're doing, flexible leases. I mean, lots of things to, to cover and you and what you're doing at Orion House. Um, you're really in the middle of all of this shift in housing. So exciting stuff there. Um, but we'll start this episode like we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Cindy, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission here. Cindy, what mission matters to you? That's a really good question. Um, I'm driven by a couple different things, but I think, you know, what really drives us here at Orion House is creating quality lifestyle housing solutions with affordability kind of woven in. So we make um, home sharing accessible to many, um, you know, introducing opportunities for the average Joe to make extra income without having to take another job. It's awesome. And I uh, love bringing mission-based entrepreneurs and executives on the line to really just share why they do what they do, like what gets them excited, where their passion is. And housing is something that you've obviously um, really gone far into. But um, before we go into housing overall in Orion House, um, how did you get started in this journey, like as an entrepreneur and leading up to now? Well, Adam, I've been a host on Airbnb since 2011. Oh, so wow. Very, yeah, very, very early on. Um, I was using the platform for exactly um, what we're creating today. Mm. And that is to afford people the ability to monetize their home mm. while they're away. And I did that a couple different ways. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur, so I've had multiple businesses, both uh, huge successes and and crushing failures. You know, it's feast of famine in entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, and Airbnb as a tool was something that really did carry me through in a lot of cases. And I use it two different ways. One, it was monetizing my actual home. Um, and at that point, I lived in New York City. So every penny counts. Yeah. Um, extraordinarily high rents. Uh, cost of living just in general was, was tremendously high. And I was commuting to Silicon Valley, raising capital for my company at that time. Mm -hmm. So I would I would raise or rent out my own apartment in New York City. And then I was also using the platform um, in Silicon Valley to offset my expenses while I was um, out there soliciting mm -hmm. investment for my business at the time. So really, really driven um, from a real place of need. Um, and then also the complexity that that comes along with home sharing, you know, mm -hmm. trying to make a smarter solution so that others can participate. So from your vantage point, like this idea of flexible housing, I believe it's, you know, it's really affecting the real estate industry overall. Like, like what are you seeing? Cause you've been, and again, from being an Airbnb user from way back then, like you've been seeing this and you've been on the trend from the beginning. And obviously now with Orion house, I'm um, pioneering some things like, like what are you seeing that's interesting in this space? You know, the sharing economy 
at large has has just been taking off extraordinarily mm-hmm. um, quickly in a lot of different fashions. Um, I think the one that's most notable mm-hmm. has been Airbnb and housing. Then it's Uber and car sharing. Yeah. Um, Lime on scooters, uh, Turo, actually mm-hmm. renting out your car when you're not using it. Um, now you've got parking solutions. You can rent out your pool. Like basically you can monetize kind of any asset that you've got. And it's no longer limited. I think, you know, for a very long time, it was millennials that were really the ones that were mm-hmm. participating that not only were the drivers of envisioning this sharing economy and what it really could mean for everyone, yeah. um, they were the adopters and users of it. And now what we're seeing is that we're getting our parents and our grandparents over the shoulder. So when you talk about like the demographic of actual both hosts and users Mm -hmm. um, from any one of these perspectives, it's really broken up um, pretty evenly across 25 to 35, 35 to 45, 45 to 55, Mm. 55 and 65 plus. Um, And and almost on the middle between men and women. So it's no longer um, a narrow scope of users. I mean, this is really a commercial product or or more importantly a commercial concept to everyone where it's no longer scary to let a stranger into your car or get into a stranger's car um or let someone sleep in your bed or sleep in somebody else's bed you know i mean those are the things that i think intellectually and emotionally many people really had to get past and now you know once you've done it it's a lot easier to do it again but the the biggest obstacle is is getting in a stranger's car the first time or, or letting someone yeah. sleep in your bed. And then yeah. um, and then it gets a lot easier. And then, uh, you know, then they're telling their friends and they say, oh, my goodness, well, we rented this great place in Vero Beach and just had a wonderful holiday with our family. Um, and while we did that, we also rented out our home and made fifteen hundred dollars and <laughs> pay for our vacation. So it's really a win win. Um, but but it, there isn't there is an emotional and intellectual barrier that has to kind of be you know overcome and met. Um, but the financial one certainly um, is is a motivator to get people there. Who are some of the major players that you feel um, stand to benefit the most from this new sharing and flexible um, leasing and real estate? Like, who are some of the big players that you think will win? I think the REITs, the Real Estate Investment Trust, are probably mm. the, the single largest category um, that certainly have an enormous amount of inventory, mm-hmm. a lot of motivation, you know, increasing their net operating income, even mm-hmm. by a small margin, yeah. moves that portfolio billions of dollars. So those are the guys that really benefit, but mm-hmm. it's the consumer, it's the people. It's their residents. Mm-hmm. They're actually moving the needle for them. Um, so institutions are going to make a lot of money with this and already are. Yeah. Uh, venture capitalists are making a lot of money with it by investing in companies like mine, um, as well as Airbnb mm-hmm. and many, many other sharing economy-based companies. Mm-hmm. So who I'm really the most passionate about is the end consumer. Like yeah. how do we create additional revenue for people that might otherwise be struggling or might be mm-hmm. on a fixed income? You know, you're retired now. Cost of living is higher than it, it, you know, the inflation rates higher than it has been in in 40 years. But yet they still only get that same amount every single month that they have to live off of. So, you know, the the people I think that have always struggled are going to benefit the most. Everybody gets paid. You know, that's 
the reason why people participate. But I think it's the guys that are, you know, on fixed incomes or struggling or single parents or trying to, you know, if you're trying to go back to school and find a way to, to finance that. Yeah. Having to take a second job and really compromise, you know, maybe your ability to parent or just your ability to, to recharge your own batteries and, and make sure that, you know, you're taking care of yourself. Um, but home sharing really gives people the ability to earn extra income without taking mm-hmm. that extra job. Yeah, and I and I think it's just uh, time and time again. I hear the I I'll hear this story, and I'm like, they're doing what? Like they did what? And it just like it's becoming more and more acceptable. I think, especially in markets like depending on where you live, and you know if it's a tourist destination or not. Like I'm in the middle of LA, and I hear more and more people like saying, "Oh yeah, they're even instead of selling their home or things like that or downsizing, they're like it becomes a business. Like yeah. it becomes a business that they rent out, and there's a you know there's profit, there's other things there, and it funds maybe their in a, in a condo or something different, but it just kind of blows my mind. Like all the different creative ways that people are really taking advantage of this, of this market and the, and this shift. Um, what are some of the things you've seen? Because I don't want to assume, by the way, when we use words like flexible housing or home sharing or things like this, uh, I don't want to assume everybody knows what that is. Right. No, and, and and that's very fair. Look, we're we yeah. use a lot of different terms to ca- try and describe this. There's mm-hmm. very common institutional terms where we are saying home sharing and yeah. flexible housing. Um, but what it really is, and what Orion House uh, is focused on, mm-hmm. is allowing renters to monetize their home. Yeah. You no longer have to be a homeowner to, in mm-hmm. order to create that investment income. And I'll Mm. give you an example. So if you're going to buy a condo for $250,000, you then have to furnish it, pay the HOA fees on it, the tax fees, incidentals, whatever it takes to actually run that property. Mm -hmm. With a Ryan house, you can rent a unit with us. So you pay your one month lease deposit. We have rental furniture that can actually pop up that unit and get it running. Mm. Also run it for you. So if you want a second home or a third home or fourth home, because you want to be able to travel and live in different cities and have those experiences mm-hmm. as one way that you can utilize the Orion house product mm-hmm. while also offsetting what could be a big financial commitment. But if you want to become a real estate investor and you don't have that liquidity or you don't yeah. qualify for a, you know, a $250,000 second home mortgage mm-hmm. because you've already got a first mortgage on your primary residence, this is a way that you can that you can get into real estate investing without mm-hmm. having those massive capital requirements. Yeah. Um, and, and so we have really kind of two separate consumers that we focus on. We've got a primary resident that this mm-hmm. is their, their first home and they might be renting their house out when, you know, there's um, a sporting event or a music festival or concerts that are going on. Yeah. That causing compression in, in your town. Um, seasonality, which also is another key driver. You know, what are those mm-hmm. hot weekends throughout the year um, that you can you can rent your place out for $500 or $1,000 mm-hmm. a night? Um, so people that are using this as a primary residence that might be staying with a boyfriend or a girlfriend or going and visiting their parents while they can mm-hmm. generate that extra income. Um, and then secondarily, we've got professional hosts. And those are mm-hmm. those are more traditional real estate investors that say, I've got a half a million dollars, mm-hmm. but if I deployed that towards a condo, I could get one, maybe two mm-hmm. um, that could throw up this type of cash flow. Mm-hmm. They take that half a million dollars and, and now invest with us as a renter. You can get 10, 20, 30 rental properties that mm-hmm. are 
flowing for you instead of one or two. Um, wow. so, so we have two distinct different users. We really do have that primary resident that just wants to make an extra mm-hmm. few thousand dollars throughout the year. Um, and then you've got the professional hosts that are looking at more of the coastal communities that we're yeah. servicing. Um, you know, the primary and secondary uh, metropolitan areas that have got the mm-hmm. high average daily rates and pretty consistent um, mm-hmm. demand from travelers. Um, but but using it both ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think first off, I think that the model is genius um, because what you're doing now is you're you're kind of allowing more people to participate in in, in real estate investing, but then you're also letting that you kind of get to do both sides of it. You also get to potentially, if if that's what you wish, to enjoy the real estate itself, which traditionally you don't get to have both. So right. your your development of the model, I think, is really interesting. I think it sits it serves a huge niche. Um, what went into this? Like, like how did you how did you develop the model? Like, how'd you come up with this idea? It's just so interesting to me. It's a very long story, and it started back in 2014. Um, I mean, I've been a user of Airbnb since 2011, and I think part of the biggest challenge that I encountered when I was really hosting is that it wasn't allowed within my lease. The building owners didn't allow it. Uh, the mm. city of New York did not allow it. So I had a lot of things that kind of were going against mm. me. Um, I relocated to South Florida in 2014. And one of my colleagues at that time said, you know, so I'm developing these really luxury, beautiful buildings. Mm. And I've got Airbnb travelers that I know are not my residents that are going through the lobbies and in the elevators with their luggage constantly. Mm. And we really don't have a way um, to verify that they're that they don't belong in the building, but I just know that they're not our owners, right? Yeah. So what do we do about it? Um, and that thought, that question, really provoked the idea of how do you make it valuable for an asset owner to allow mm-hmm. transient lodging within a residential building, um, and and do it in a fashion that doesn't disrupt the quality of living um, and the environment in which mm-hmm. that building was really designed and intended for. Um, and, and so that was really the problem that we were looking to solve for, because I said, the consumer wants it. People want it. For sure. And, and I said, as long as the people want it, it's going to happen with or without your approval, with or without your participation mm-hmm. from, the, from the developer and, and asset owner side of the equation. Um, at that time, we had a mutual partner um, that had introduced us to the founders of Airbnb. Um, and that's where we really got our jumping off point, because they at the time were also experiencing other pain points, um, mm. most significantly a lot of attrition. So they had an enormous amount of hosts coming onto the platform mm-hmm. and having a good experience and staying for a while and then having a bad experience and, and falling off. Uh. And also had a lot of travelers that were coming on and having a great experience and then having a terrible experience because mm. there, wasn't, there was no kind of commercial control or support system in there to make sure that that inventory was stable. So from mm-hmm. both the host perspective, as well as a traveler's perspective, there were, there were misses there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for, and, and managing expectations was one of those, one of the biggest things. Yeah. So we partnered with them in creating a brand and a model and a business mm-hmm. um, and a building that was really designed um, intentionally for the hybrid of short-term and long-term rentals. Um, and that, and that was a, a few year process. Mm-hmm. Um, we had acquired some buildings and ran them together um, mm-hmm. and also developed um, two freestanding condos, one in Miami and one in Austin 
um, that was intended, again, designed intentionally for the long-term and the short-term rentals. Um, 2020, I launched Orion House, uh, which is a little bit different model. So uh, my mm-hmm. former brands are Nito and Adivo. Um, Orion House is platform agnostic and it's real estate partner agnostic, meaning we work with different developers, different private equity, um, pre-existing buildings, product mm-hmm. that's under development. We've got we're in the process of converting 22 depressed hotels now mm-hmm. into micro apartment units um, that are all home sharing friendly. Um, and we are also syndicating and distributing the short-term rental product on a nightly basis through over a hundred online travel agencies. So not being exclusive with one distribution channel, um, we're open to all distribution channels. So we're able to book and sell our short-term rentals um, virtually anywhere in the world, wherever travelers are shopping, we want to be there. Um, You know, Airbnb owns the hearts and minds of many, but not all, um, you know, countries. So when, when we're looking at South America or Eastern and Western Europe, they mm-hmm. do tend to lean on to other booking channels like Booking.com and Travago mm-hmm. and Agoda. Um, so we want to make sure that our inventory is there being sold. Um, but it was it, it started in 2014, and here we are in almost 2022. Yeah, uh, we're about six weeks away from from next year. So it's it's been um, it's been an eight year journey to get here today. What an amazing story. I love it. Like, this is great. It's a great idea. I know it's not easy to take something like this from inception to where you're at now. Um, I think it's just an awesome story. Uh, So tell us, um, so speaking of now, um, so tell us where you're at and maybe some of the plans for growth and what you plan on doing um, going forward with the company. Yep. Well, we are in the process of opening 12 different markets right now. Um, and that is through uh, two partnerships with, with a couple local private equity groups that are buying up these depressed hotels. Um, we have also secured almost a half a billion dollars in funding for acquisitions mm-hmm. for our own portfolio of properties. So we are looking to buy depressed hotels and motels, primarily in the southeast corridor of the U.S., specifically mm-hmm. coastal communities in Florida. Um, and those will be redesigned and rebranded and relaunched as home sharing friendly. So currently, uh, much of the inventory that we're working on was dedicated hotel inventory that we are now converting into multifamily. So we're increasing wow. the supply of affordable housing mm-hmm. while still allowing for those renters to become uh, short term renters on home sharing platforms like Airbnb. Um, and then we've got two deals that are in development. So um, one in Atlanta and one in North Miami that um, are, are ground up builds. Mm. And in terms of areas that you look at for properties, I mean, just in real estate in general, um, in the United States, because um, I know you're, you're doing this worldwide. Um, what uh, what are so you mentioned um, just now Miami and um, what are in coastal towns? Um, mm-hmm. what, what are some of the areas that you, you tend to look towards? So. Area And we've got data really tells our story. So mm. we look at data to say, where where is their market demand for this type of product? Yeah, uh, and, and it doesn't fit everywhere. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, our roadmap is the Southeast U.S. And that's really Texas to Florida to the Carolinas and back. So that triangle of the Southeast U.S. Now, when we look at the cities, there are cities like Houston, Dallas, mm-hmm. Austin, San Antonio, Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, Memphis, 
Tennessee, Jackson, Mississippi, um, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, uh, Vero Beach, Daytona Beach. Um, You know, we're primarily focusing on secondary and tertiary markets, not Mm -hmm. not necessarily the the primary market. There's a lot of big boys that are playing in that field that we just can't compete with um, or, or not yet, rather. Yeah. So where we're looking at our acquisition strategy is secondary and tertiary markets. Mm-hmm. Now, when you talk about our licensing and franchise model, mm-hmm. we will work with the with the bigger companies, the bigger developers in those markets to get the class A and class B inventory. Mm-hmm. But our acquisition strategy is really secondary and tertiary markets. I want to talk a little bit about the about the user experience. And I guess we can tackle this question, you know, from two different sides. Obviously, there's the side of the um, the the partnership side, whether it's working with the you know, private equity or other groups like that and how you've partnered on that. And but then the other side of it is is really for the people that want to invest that are currently renters or whether they want to be, as you mentioned, a professional host or um, or whether they're going to, you know, it's going to be their primary residence and they're just going to want to use it for um, every now and then to rent out when it makes sense. Um, maybe we start with the um, what it's like to partner. Let's start from maybe the institutional level, of what it's like to partner with Orion House. Mm-hmm. So uh, from an institutional perspective, typically we're going to come in as a property manager, mm-hmm. um, similar to what a Graystar would do, except okay. for we're providing a 24-7, 365 service. Mm. Um, unlike traditional property managers that generally operate Monday through Friday, 9 mm-hmm. to 5, um, we're there like a hotel partner. Yeah. So we do the marketing, the lease up, um, you know, the complexities around move-ins and move-outs, things of that mm-hmm. nature. We also provide interior design services, furniture packages, um, Mm -hmm. and we run all of the services around the short-term rentals. So Mm -hmm. if you are going to participate in the home sharing program, Mm -hmm. you you manage your calendar and you say, okay, here are the days that I want my home listed for rent. Yeah. And then when those bookings come in through our syndication, we say, okay, Adam, unit 101, you've got a book this weekend. We take care of the cleaning. So Mm -hmm. pre post clean we collect the revenue from that stay we Mm. also do the compliance and the tax remission Um, we take our portion the the uh, revenue split for managing the process and the balance goes into an account for that renter now that renter can either choose to pay their rent from monies earned or they can just take that money out of um, it's essentially like a micro escrow account and then deposit into their own bank account um we also, on behalf of the owners, if a renter is in arrears on anything, if they didn't pay fines or mm-hmm. their late rent or um, you know didn't pay their parking fees or any or anything that that is open ended, that yeah. stuff is also extracted from the short term rental earnings mm-hmm. to make sure that our property owners are getting paid, uh, you know, first if they've got anything in collection in arrears, sure. and then the resident gets to take their their portion of their earnings. Man, but we that- thing you the renter runs the calendar and then we basically manage everything else that's great and in terms of um let, let's let's go a little bit further on on the um on the um renter side or the investor side for just the um so what does that look like to get started with orion house 
from the renters. It's the same process as, mm-hmm. as if you were going to rent with any other building. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have a wait list for all of the properties that we have right now. In fact, wow. that our customer wait list is almost uh, 40,000 individuals. Amazing. Yeah. So we've been running and we started that campaign before we even had inventory. You know, when I started the company uh, in early 2020, right before COVID, we had about a dozen deals that were supposed to open, uh, you know, between March and August of that year. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything just got put on hold with COVID. So now we're finally, so we were marketing it um, from, Mm -hmm. from inception. And now we're actually starting uh, to move people in over the next few months. So first get on the wait list at orionhouse.com. Um, and then when the inventory becomes available in the cities mm-hmm. that you express interest, that's when you can start opting in. So as mm-hmm. soon as Memphis inventory delivers, you can put in an application, assuming you're credit worthy, you can move into yeah. that building. Um, you get to determine whether you want a furnished or unfurnished unit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you send your lease and everything can be done digitally. You can do visual, virtual tours digitally. You can select your floor plans. You can select your furnishing packages and you can sign your lease and put your deposit down um, all from the comfort of your own home. Oh, man. So you're making it too easy on them. Come on. What doesn't this do? Uh, <laughs> let's, no. see, let's see. We do a lot in the background to make it easy on the consumer. But really, when we focused on building that consumer journey, um, it was all about mm-hmm. how we would want to be able to experience this. Absolutely. Um, and, and so first, you know, if it's a local renter that's going to be living in the building, mm-hmm. of course, they're going to want to see the building. But yeah. because we are renting out to to individuals that are using this as, you know, investment rental properties mm-hmm. and or second or third homes, many of them are renting site unseen. Um, wow. So they're not doing a site visit before they take that rental. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we had to really look at it and partner with a lot of other companies to create those automations mm-hmm. that you have this seamless, what appears to be optically a very seamless um, application. There's a lot of uh, partners in the background that are mm-hmm. making that work. So, um, you know, much of the technology we built ourselves, but we do have a lot of technology mm-hmm. partners that are providing some of the services that mm-hmm. uh, that are included in our software suite, um, but, are, but are from third-party middleware companies. Fantastic. Well, well, Cindy, I'll just say it's been great having you on the show today and learning more about Orion House and your journey and really how you're you're pioneering um, things in the the flexible housing market and the home sharing space. So amazing story to bring um, to the audience. And speaking of that, if somebody wants to follow up and they want to learn more, whether they're on the institutional side or on the, uh, the renter side, I mean, what's the best way for people to do that? I'll give you two channels. Um, one, you can go to the website and of course, always add your information to our wait list as yeah. well as connect with us there um, for PR marketing um, mm-hmm. and sales and rentals opportunities. Um, from an institutional perspective, if they want to get in touch with leadership, they can email me directly mm-hmm. at Cindy at Orionhouse.com. Fantastic. And that's C-I-N-D-Y at dot com. 
Perfect. Well, uh, again, uh, I'm, we'll put all that stuff in the show notes so that um, our audience will be able to easily just click on and, and, and take and take a look at what you're doing. So thank you for that. Um, and speaking of the audience, uh, if this is your first time tuning in and, and checking out what we're doing at Mission Matters, we bring on um, business owners, entrepreneurs and executive and really have them share their mission, have them share their passion behind really why they do what they do. And we bring great stories to you. So don't forget, hit that subscribe button because we definitely want you to be a return uh, viewer or listener. And Cindy, it really has been a pleasure. I'm so excited to, to have learned more about Orion House and also just to watch this. So when everybody's talking about Orion House, I'm like, I remember I interviewed Cindy once upon a time. Um, so again, thank what? you for coming on the show. Absolutely. We, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for having us.